I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Beer and Ballet fans. My name is Amber Daniels, and Holy Toledo's, it's the very first podcast. Very short, but it's a podcast. It's a podcast! Yay! The very first one! I should have waited to open my beer so I we could have the sound effect. I but... That'll be the next one. Um, well, hi everyone. Thanks for joining us. I want to introduce my love of my life, my partner, my friend, all the things. We have so much fun. You know him. You love him. Ricky Watson. Hi, everybody. Hello, beer and ballet world. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good Happy world to be, here. to be part of. It yeah. is. No, it's very exciting. Yeah, you know. So just to let y'all know, of every podcast that we do... Either I or the person that we're hanging out with will be sipping on either a cocktail or a brewski or coffee, depending on when it was recorded. But today, in this <laughs> mid-adventure of Cicada World... Cicada Brood X 2021. So wild. It's insane They're loud. how loud they are. They're so loud. We were going to record this outside, and that's impossible. You can probably hear them. It, it's disgusting how loud they are. <laughs> but anyway, we are sipping on some Natty Bows. Baltimore's number one beer, Natural Bohemian. Mm-hmm. Brewed somewhere else now, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, no, you, you know the history of that, too. A little bit, yeah. Uh, it was Baltimore's beer for a very long time, and then, you know, one of the major corporation conglomerate things bought them out. But apparently, according to the local liquor store that we go to, the there's a guy who actually bought the original recipe, and, they make nat- and he makes Natural Premium or something like that, so it's similar. That's apparently the old... Actual Natty Bow. It had a different name, right? Or no? No, it's always been Natural Bohemian, um, but apparently the just the recipe changed when they got bought out, because I think that happens to a lot of craft breweries nowadays. Um, yeah. And then you go, all right. You go, gee, thanks. Thanks, appreciate you know that. no more work and I get to chill? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Well, I also wanted to bring Ricky on, well, one, because he's going to come on a lot of times, and we'll have fun conversations about acting and dance, or dance shows that we watch because this is just what we do in our house of art which is really fun sometimes we dance in the living room and podcast in the evenings yeah you know it's it's just luxury over here in baltimore maryland but you know i wanted to introduce him and i wanted to see his point of view of what beer and ballets is really quickly and he actually took one of the very first classes we did at Ardwolf. That's right. I met your dad at that class. We were dance partners. We were dance which partners. Was, that's one of the funniest things I always tell everybody. It's, you know, everyone's like, oh, I have to go meet my girlfriend's parents and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nope. He had, we, we got to meet on equal footing. And that's our ballet class. <laughs> beer. At least it was beer and ballet. And that's what I love about it is, because I remember you talking about it. Like, I have this idea. I just want to drink beer and I just want to do ballet. And I thought that was really interesting because... The thing that I was always taught in our theater program was you have to create your own work, right? You can go, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and auditioning and doing all that, you know, a thousand million times. But <clears throat> I remember meeting a bunch of artists from, you know, Los Angeles and New York that said the, the most fun that they had and the most work that they got was the stuff that they created themselves. And so I always, I always appreciate, I think, that we as a generation are really looking at, I mean, Theater people and dance people have always hustled for side gigs and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm hoping that with everything at home, with things like podcasts and things like um, the access to really good video cameras and technology online, that we can create all of our own stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful sort of idea moving forward for, for our generation of artists that I don't know that a lot of people had before us, right? 
YouTube and things. Well, especially during COVID. I mean, we were all kind of forced to do that. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, there's more opportunity for that outreach. Uh, you know exactly of, of companies artists whatever but like you know more artists are doing podcasts more artists are doing virtual events where oh shoot i had no earthly idea that alvin ailey has like a show i mean i do because i love alvin <laughs> right. ailey, but, i had no idea what is it but Susie q down in texas you know they don't know they're not they're not in new york they what you no mean? what's this ballet thing you keep talking about yeah yeah like they have no clue but you know maybe they we're watching YouTube and it popped up or maybe they, you know, didn't have money to buy that ticket. So, you know, now all these virtual events are happening and now they have access. They've seen it. Now they love it. And now right. they're super stoked of, holy shit, we're getting out of COVID now. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually go to like, I'm going to buy a plane ticket. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to see Ailey. And, you know, I, I just, I think it's really fun. Well, and, and, you know, it's. I think it opens up that idea that we don't. You don't have to just go to New York or Chicago to see a show anymore, right? There are artists in your town that want to create. No, if you can just. I guess the the internet comedians sort of started that thing in the early two thousands, like the Lonely Island and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really set the stage for for this kind of work. But now I think dance and theater specifically are catching up to it, right? Especially dance, which I think is so interesting. And being you know sort of on the sidelines and, and warming the bench for for your grad program is, is one of the coolest things is watching all of your cohort uh, be in different spaces and create in those spaces and share them. Like you said, share them with, you know, somebody in Maryland and somebody in and go, Oh yeah, hopefully that inspires somebody to go. Yeah. At the local coffee shop, if they're having a reading, if they're having a musician, like there's plenty of art in every city and maybe hopefully COVID is that I don't know, impetus to go out and, and see the local stuff so it's not just like the touring Broadway show that comes to the one main auditorium yeah well because those touring shows had to start somewhere you know like they had to be these small companies small theaters small anything in order to get as big as they are they get as big as they are though through the support of the community yeah that community first and I think that you know that was the start of beer and ballet too is I was the community outreach coordinator for Jacksonville Dance Theater and I gave this idea to Becca and Katie McCoggin that, you know, you know them. Yeah. They're really they're cool the people. They're the best. They're kind of the best. Shout out. We love y'all. But... And again, transplants, right? People from the Pacific Northwest who got to share their art down in Jacksonville. Katie and Becca are both not from Jacksonville. They're from different parts of the United States. They've toured everywhere. They heard about Jacksonville and they were like, oh, okay, well, let's go. And funny enough, Becca Levy and Katie were actually best friends in graduate school, which is hilarious because now I'm in graduate school and I'm figuring that out. But, you know, and then eventually they both ended up in Jacksonville where they noticed where's the dance? Like it's here, but there's no hub. Like there's no you know, modern dance company that all of these artists, we, we have a fine arts high school, a fine arts middle school, all of these really great spots where art happens. But then as soon as the kids graduate, it's like, where can I, like, where can I keep learning? Where can I keep growing? How can I perform? And get paid to do it, which is really important. Exactly. A lot of people don't know that is that there's all these local companies where it's either the artists are getting paid or they're not getting paid they're volunteering their time but as you'll hear in some of the later podcasts when i talk to a couple of other artists we have these conversations of the importance of funding the importance Mm -hmm. of support from our community in order to make these shows happen yeah and it's 
it's trying to. I think a lot of it too is wrestling that control away from from the main hubs, LA and New York, right? Like mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, Atlanta is within shooting distance. But again, it's not just the community theater that you can go see and do and practice theater. And I, you know, speaking to that, I think is really important because I always struggled as a theater person. You know, watching all the visual artists walk around with a notebook and be able to sketch or draw, or you know, f- photographers can just play all the time in their because the whole world can be their space. You know, where they create their art is a book and a pencil or a pen. And, you know, unless you're doing some crazy oil painting or something. But yeah. but the ability to just constantly doodle was something that I always struggled with as an actor because it's like you can't just randomly bust out in a monologue. You just look like a crazy person in the middle of the road. I mean, you can and plenty of people do it. But I think with this whole kind of push now, you know, like you're talking about of, of local artists being able to create in their own spaces and then share that, like beer and ballet, and do all that kind of work is just, it's so important for any performing artist. Because, I, I mean, I always meet all of these, you know, older students and, and adults that I've worked with who are like, oh, I did a show in high school and I really loved it and missed it, but then the world came calling and I've never done theater again. Because yeah. it's not an easy thing just to pick up and, and practice, right? You have to go to a theater. You have to go take acting classes. You have to be in a dance studio. And the only ballet class that you can take is going to be with either, like, 13-year-old, you know, children or you know, beginner adults that you have to pay a bunch of money for as opposed to what I love about this style, which is, hey, the art is supposed to be accessible to everyone as much as they want it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that's really what always draws me to this and, and, and hearing your, you and your cohort talk about all the different, the, the way that the world is, is expanding for y'all, even though, you know, it's been difficult not being in studios, but just watching you all create in parks and living rooms and you know alleyways and things like that is is amazing and i think this is a really beautiful extension of it because i am curious why go from something like the practical in the building beer and ballet to a podcast i mean and i think it's because of the afterbrew hangouts we used to do yeah okay remember like we used to take class we would have like an hour long ballet bar at the bar right (laughs) (laughs) Um, which was amazing and great but then afterwards you're at a brewery all you want to hang out and you want to go for yeah you want to sit and chat and i remember the first class that you know kind of happened at Ardwolf. god there was like 15 people there oh yeah i mean place was packed you know because of course you know you got to keep a little bit of space so that way you don't kick each other right (laughs) so that's what i mean is that the whole room was packed with people doing plies tandus batmas all that jazz, listening to 80s, 90s music. Of those 15 people that came, that's 15 different viewpoints, that's 15 different job opportunities, that's 15 different, these are all people from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And now they finally have come, they've had this hour of movement together that they've shared. So there's a starting off point of sitting down at the same table and being like, y'all, that Tondu combination, what the fuck was she thinking? You know? And then yeah. you start that and you have a conversation and then it's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, where are you from? And here's these, you know, connections that start to happen. Yeah. And I think we, you know, when we went virtual because of COVID, yeah, we, we did after brew hangouts on Zoom. It's just not the same. Like, no, and especially like six, seven months into the pandemic, it's... People, it's, it's amazing how quickly people got burnt out on Zoom meetings, which, you know, I, I was teaching remote a lot this, this semester, and it is. It's just exhausting. Look, you know, we can stare at our phones a long time, but as soon as you have to sit there and constantly be on and not have that face-to-face interaction, yeah. it gets exhausting really quickly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. The, the biggest mission of Beer and Ballet is to create this source of, here are these two polar opposite worlds, like, that really should they don't seem like they should go together right but they do and i do want to say this is like 
before beer and ballet, it was very rare that I took a ballet class. Like, mm-hmm. I, I did to keep my training up, but I would never classify myself as a ballet dancer. In coming up with this idea of how can we put movement in a brewery, because mm-hmm. I, I really loved breweries in Jacksonville, breweries to me are a really great spot for community. Um, and I used to go and hang out and meet new people. Every time I went to a brewery by myself, I met somebody new with a really cool story. Yeah. Um, and so I remember sitting down and having a conversation with one of these new people. And, you know, we started talking about the arts. They asked me what I did. I was like, oh, I'm a dancer. And they're like, can you do a split? And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is the question you asked me? Very first thought, best thought question, which I thought was hilarious. I, I get, as an actor, I always get, oh, can you cry on command? No, yeah. I'm terrible at it. No. <laughs> That's why I do comedy. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we had an honest to God, really good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me ask you a question. You know, you, you travel a lot. Do you ever want to go see a dance show? Like, have you ever seen one? And they were like, you know, I never really felt welcomed within the theater to go. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and that to me as a dancer, and that's my life and my livelihood. It, God, that broke my heart. Like, I just, oh, I, sure. you know, because you want to open the space. I want people to sit there and enjoy, like. Right, well, it's it always goes back to that idea that the whole reason we got started, and I can't sp- speak for everyone, but I know that I got started in theater because my freshman year, my theater teacher said, hey, do you want to do this show? And I was playing lacrosse at the time, and I was terrible at it. And I didn't click. I didn't feel necessarily welcome on a sports field because I was bad at it, and it just didn't really jive with the yeah. team. And as soon as I walked into the, you know, the green room or the space that we were uh, practicing in, which was a library foyer, basically, and I saw dancers warming up and musicians warming up and the actors were just being ridiculous and trying to play hide-and-seek in the, the uh, in the library, I was like, oh, it clicked, right? I, I met these people. I, I met art through people, and I met people through art. And the hardest class I ever took in college was ballet by a long shot. And so it is interesting that it becomes this unwelcoming space, except for when you're a small child. It's never been really welcoming for guys mm-hmm. unless you are a very unless you very specifically go out and do that. And it you know as a young chi- child and you're encouraged by your you know whoever it is to go do that. Um, ballet isn't a really welcome space, which makes it you know when I meet your dad who is a firefighter and an EMT and a, a super awesome dude. And we're in a ballet class together drinking beers and listening to 80s music. It is a community now. Now all of a sudden it takes, again, it, it strips the power away from the the authority of the dance studio in New York that won't allow anyone who's not X, Y, and Z. No, we can do this in a bar. We're, yeah. we're allowed to, right? And, and it takes people just to, to help us, to open that space. Hey, y'all. Just popping in to say... Welcome, and I hope you're enjoying our very first podcast. It's so exciting. There's also other really great, exciting things happening on our Instagram page, our Facebook, such as Music Mondays, where we're going to post a ballet combination that you get to learn, and then you get to pick whatever music you want to go with it. You can even choose the setting. You can even choose film edits if you're really that cool about it, but you can do whatever you want, and then you get a chance to win a free free beer and ballet koozie. What? Yes! You get to keep your brewskis nice and cool this summer with a free beer and ballet koozie. So if you'd like to get involved in that contest, if you'd like to get involved in the many other things that we're doing this summer with beer and ballet, go check us out on our Instagram handle. Go check us out on our Facebook page. And I'm excited to see what y'all come up with. Now let's go ahead and get back to the podcast. Well, it's like you're speaking to earlier too, is like, 
you know, there are professional dancers who want to take class with people who have never taken a dance class before. Yeah, the first one, there was three or four um, people who walked in and you're like, oh, they're all local dancers who are professionals and do this stuff. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the point in our relationship, everybody, where I was like, this is Ricky, everyone. Like, we were just starting (laughs) to hang out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, doing the dorky, cutesy, like, smile across the room stuff. So, but, yeah, I mean. And then I embarrassed myself. No. (laughs) You did not. You did fantastic. Your favorite step. The <laughs> The Zuzwa. Your eyes like lit up so big. Such an elegant move. I it just is. Love it. it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. So going back, you know, we're talking about ballet and I, I had that moment of like, huh, what is the one dance style that would totally not fit in this brewery? Ballet. What is the one that has constantly given me not trouble, but I mean, I've had a lot of self-doubt about mm-hmm. as a professional dancer. Ballet. Where do I want to push myself a little bit more? I'll ballet. do the technique of ballet, yeah. right? And how can I, you know, it's like you were speaking to again. It is the one that has the most pressure in it. Like It's so structured. Yeah, it's so structured. How do you strip, like, keep a little bit of the structure, right? Like, we still do a ballet bar. Yeah, which is, which is awesome. And it is, if you are a theater person... And like I, t- I took an intro to dance class my senior year of high school. I took modern. I took one semester of modern ballet and tap in college. So like doing that bar and having that structure is really helpful as a theater person in terms of this is a really good structure of how you walk into a space, how you warm up in that space, how you can do this sort of same thing over and over and over again, right? You're always doing a plie. You're always doing a tendu. You're always doing a sudoku de plie because I know that word. Hey. And, <laughs> oh, I'm impressed. But <laughs> thanks, Andrew Niels. Um, you're jamming out to rock music one weekend and Halloween theme music the other time, and you have a beer in your hand, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a beautiful blend of both highly structured sort of dance, but also you're allowed to have fun in art, and you give that permission, which I think is is the most important part of something. When you have these, sorry, all of these structures and systems that I hear so many people wanting to break down, especially in the arts, right? With everything that came out in Hollywood and the Me Too movement, with everything that's come out with just all of these these systems that have been put in place forever ago in, in the arts, it's so nice when we can take those and take take that power away from them, right? And put it in our own communities with our own people and our own friends and our own strangers, right? From just yeah. down the street. And go, ballet isn't a scary thing. It's It actually can be kind of fun. And you can, and I mean, our neighbor takes it and her postures, you know, she always talks about like how much better she feels because it is exercise, right? Yeah. It is exercise. It is like a kind of a confidence boost. How badass is that to like say, oh, I just got done taking a ballet class. What? Like, you know, how cool is that? And then, you know, you take this class and here's all these, I mean, what you were just speaking to. There's histories and and work that's being done in so many different avenues of life right Mm -hmm. now. Like you just talked about the Me Too movement in the dance world. Um, there right now, currently there's a me too movement happening within the brewery world and sitting down, having that conversation from different perspectives, um, having people you can chat with about that. It's great to have a space to forget about it for the hour, right? Just have fun and move. You know, there are complexities that are happening within this world. Get into the room. We're just moving and grooving and then sit down and be like, oh, there's other stuff going on too through other perspectives. Wow. I had no earthly idea. So those conversations can be had through these podcasts of yeah. like, here's some complex shit that's happening. <laughs> right. Let's have a brewski and chat about it. And let's, you know, open the door for other people who may not know. You might be driving in your car right now 
and you don't consider yourself part of the dance world or the acting world, but we just talked for 20 minutes about our different perspective, you know, a glimpse of perspective (laughs) from these two worlds. And what I would love even more is if there was somehow, some way, some sort of way, maybe in the future, of like podcasting being like, click, oh my God, Ricky Amber, I totally agree with you, and here's what it is. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not where we are right now. I think it's a Twitch stream, isn't it? Is it Twitch? That's the next level of what you, you go from the podcast to the Twitch stream to the Discord to you know, YouTube stardom or something like that? Oh my God, the amount of things. You have so much work in front of you. <laughs> Good luck. But yeah, but I mean, and, and that's what this is all about. It's about having those conversations with people who can't be at the class, right? Like yeah. we're opening up, which is super awesome. But like one of these podcasts, I have somebody from Germany chatting with me, which is still to this day, unbelievable to me. Yeah. And pre-COVID never would have thought that would have happened. But we had a beautiful conversation that I'm excited to share with everybody mm-hmm. through these podcasts. I'm meeting way more people, and I'm excited to share them with anyone who wants to be involved in beer and ballet. Whether you can take class or whether you know your involvement is just listening to these podcasts. Somehow, in some way, we are getting this collaboration of breweries and dance and having conversations with other people about you know their perspectives on it as well like it's really interesting to get an accountant or a lawyer and bring them in and be like so what's your perspective on this yeah you know and i I think that's really important it's the what i always loved about comedia del art you know there was people on a hill who had to get the the people who were shopping in the town center, like they had to get their attention. So they had to make good art to do that. And then people would watch them and then kings would invite them into the castles and stuff. Maybe not kings, but lords. Mm-hmm. And But it, it started in a park with a bunch of people in masks, like doing acrobats, acrobatic tricks and things. And I love that about this, right? It's Art has to make people curious. When people walk into a brew, brew, when people walk into a brewery who have never seen or only know a ballet class from the stereotypical movies where the Russian lady's hitting people with a, a cane while she screams at them. And somebody sees a bunch of adults having fun with ballet and drinking beer and being bad at it. They might want to come out and do it too, you know? I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that, that is fun about being out in the world a little bit. And I think it's good, it's good for artists. It's good for me because I don't like doing art in public because it makes me feel very self-conscious about it because it's supposed to be in a theater in a closed rehearsal and it's only us and the director and this stuff so like being bad at ballet in a brewery is a lot of fun yeah because you can because it relieves a lot of that sort of structure of this is a seven, 1700s art form with all of its vocabulary and you're not allowed to touch it unless you're a professional yeah you're not you can you can absolutely be an accountant and come out and have fun for an hour yeah and it's hard it's challenging it is very challenging. I mean, even for me as a professional, that class is, is hard. Yeah. And I like to push people. And I also want to go back to what you're saying of, like, going to a brewery and, like, being bad at ballet. Mm-hmm. And when we say bad, I just want to say for our listeners, it's not like, I'm a terrible dancer. No, it's like I literally cannot get my left foot to move quick enough forward or backwards and sideways and forwards and backwards and sideways and sideways and forward. Like, I can't, you know, but after... if after a couple of weeks, it does get a lot easier just like everything else on earth. You yeah, know? totally, totally. And I'm always one of those teachers that's like, 
I, I, as long as you're in there having fun and, and we're safe, right? Like, I'm not going to make everybody do a backflip. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, we're all... Well, not after the first time. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, the second happened. time. I mean, you did it your third class. Yeah. So, you know. And I only injured my shoulder, you know, I can almost feel it now. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're kidding. This no. is so totally safe. She's fully insured for any lawyer listening to this first podcast. It's not fully insured ballet class. No, but, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone who walks into the space has something to show, has something to do. I I always talk about how even with beginner dancers, if they say they're bad, right? Like if they if they're classifying themselves as bad, I'm learning way more from them a lot of the times because yeah. I, I as a teacher I'm trying to find different ways for you to grab it right yeah. and I know that you and I have talked about that because you know after beer and ballet class to the point where you live together obviously he's going to be like hey Tino so tell any, me things so I've got some immediate feedback for you about this most recent class <laughs> yeah and I mean Ricky he always talks about like <clears throat> the timing of tendus or degages like I always I love math and timing and things so I throw that into those combinations, and Ricky's like, what the hell is happening? Why? Why do you go front side, back, and back to the side? But it doesn't then- make any sense. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> but it does! There's a reason they overthrew the king in the 1700s, and I'm pretty sure it's because he went front side, back side, back side, front. <laughs> or however you do tendus. Do you mean King Louis? Yeah. T- yeah. The man lost his head for a reason, and it's because people were probably pretty sick of that in ballet class. Or, you know, economics or something. But I'm pretty sure it was ballet. Oh my god. One of these podcasts we're going to have to talk about, like, our dance and theater history. I was going to say, I don't even think that's the right Louis. Because Louis Fourteenth lost his Louis head. Louis Fourteenth. I don't know. I, I don't know the death of him. I uh, just know that he, he liked to take a lot of credit for the start of ballet. Oh, well. King Louis Fourteenth. That's what happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All right, podcast part three. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's a terrible death. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Let's just right there, just cut. <laughs> oh god, yeah, no. I I think that you know everybody has their own way. Everybody has their their right spot at beer and ballet. Like there, to me, in my eyes, there's no such thing as a bad dancer. Are, do you do the YMCA? Yes. You are a dancer. Like, that is a dance, right? Like, dance comes from that social, you know, social aspect of community. And I I think that's really important, and that's something that I always try to throw in with those classes, is Mm -hmm. these fun moments of, like, I think my favorite combination I ever did, and there is video of it in our promo, is, I think it was a tondu combination. I'm talking about a lot of tondus. I love tondus. And uh, I had y'all turn towards the bar and give a high five to your friend. God, I can't wait for that to happen again no. after COVID. Are we are we going to be allowed to do that again? I mean, yeah. What is touch? What is touch? Oh my God. I, we can talk another hour about that. But yeah, like, I just can't wait for that moment to happen again. Yeah. Of like, just clapping and having a good time and then turning around and doing the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, on the left. On the left. It's the, it's the most fun thing for me as a teacher to see. Even if like you consider yourself a bad dancer, I consider you like one of the all-stars of it because you're here in class doing it. And we have to be able to give ourselves permission to be bad artists because being bad isn't, there's nothing wrong with it. People who've never touched the stage are the most beautiful storytellers or joke tellers or sarcastic, you know, prank pullers. And that takes a lot of acting talent to do that stuff. So Mm -hmm. getting on stage and doing a monologue poorly is just 
is it can you, if you can give yourself permission to be a bad artist and have fun with it, I think that's that's what this class speaks to a lot. You yeah. know, beer and ballet speaks to what you're speaking to. I like that a lot. Like permission to be bad. I feel like <laughs> and I'm thinking of Michael Jackson. I'm bad. I'm bad. Right. Like, like bad is in cool. Right. Like beer and ballet, you have permission to be bad. You know, and if somebody's paying you seventy dollars to sit down in an audience on a really nice night, you should be good at art, right? There is a time and a place to have that process to be at a level where you have an audience that comes into the room and you change the way that they breathe, you change the way that they see the world with your art, right? That's where you have to be good at it. That's mm-hmm. what that you know, or at least you should be. Yeah. Um, totally. I don't know, maybe just Americans in general, since that's the only thing I can speak to, is, is this sort of uptightness that we have about hobbies and, you know, sure, we can all post progress pics of certain things, but showing up to a beer and ballet class and going, oh, I've never taken ballet before and I don't get any of these moves, I'm just going to literally bend my knees and throw my arms around, Yeah, is still fun when you have a beer in your hand and you're rocking out to 90s music, you know? Yeah. And that's important. It's important just to have fun in art. Yeah. Art can be fun. It doesn't it, it, have to, you're right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this really sad, terrible thing. And I and I forget that a lot. I do. I personally, I forget that a lot. And so it is nice to be. I think that if we, it's refocusing that idea of, you don't have to be good in rehearsal all the time. You just have to explore and you have to be curious about it. Art is was the thing that does that the best, right? Mm-hmm. We go to art to be seen by others and to see art, but and and. Why, why does that only have to happen in a community theater or a professional dance touring company? You know, why can't it happen at your local brewery? Why can't it happen at the local park? Yeah, it's totally true. But yeah. anyway, well, Ricky, thanks for coming. Thank you. I really appreciate thanks you having me. Thanks for hanging out. You're very welcome. But we'll, we'll definitely be bringing Ricky back. Um, obviously, he loses me, so. <laughs> you can't escape it! <laughs> You cannot escape the Watson. I'm everywhere. I'm in the background of your beer and ballet class. You really are. I really, I always sneak in and poke my head You're in. You're the mascot of beer and ballet. <laughs> Everybody loves you. Nice. So, yeah. But anyway, y'all, we'll bring him back. We'll, <laughs> yes, they do. We'll bring Ricky back. We'll chat about, you know, the acting world and the dancing world. We'll chat. We'll, we got to have, like, a history We'll have a history one. one. We'll have a spooky one for we'll Halloween. Have a spooky. Oh my God! Can we? Sure. If people want to hear my voice, <laughs> I'm sure they do. Oh, that Ricky guy's on that podcast again. God. Bring in the dancers. <laughs> what does he even do? <laughs> but no, it'll be great. So, all right, y'all. Well, yeah. Hopefully, this kind of helps explain like why we started the podcast. Why we're doing all the things that we're doing. It's just like the beginning little sprinkle of all of the great conversations that hopefully you'll continue to listen to. Because so far, they've been great. And I I'm so want to give a shout out to all of the people who have participated so far in this podcast. Y'all are amazing. I love y'all. It's just, I cannot wait until everybody hears the conversations that's been going on. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. So, all right. Thanks again, Ricky. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye, Beer Ballet fans. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hashtag, we got t-shirts. Hashtag, we got long sleeves. Hashtag, (laughs) we got tank tops. Hashtag, we got koozies, which Ricky's using right now. That's right. This episode brought to you by audible.com. No. (laughs) <laughs> Do you get in trouble if you just use them in a podcast if they don't officially sponsor it? No, you just can't, like, tag them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we just say it enough, somebody in their, like, accounting firm will be like, oh, I guess uh, another podcast. Just yeah. audible.com.
for all your book needs. Beer yeah. and ballet. <laughs> Beer and ballet. Read about Twyla Tharp. Um, 